Welcome to Lake Mount Worship Center, connecting you to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed and inspired by today's message. A burning heart. What a year. That's quite a name. When you just like say it, burning heart, like, it's kind of like this invitation and excitement at the same time. You're just like, oh, I want that. I want to have a burning heart. Amen. I'm excited because uh, Pastor Matt has been leading us into a place of hunger. And I feel like we're going in such unity into this place where revival is not optional. We can start celebrating that there is revival. And I just, I want to just say to you this morning that our hearts burning and turning towards him is revival. That as we're going deeper, this is the deep longing for Jesus and for more is a sign that my heart is awakened. And so I just, yeah, just want to declare that over you guys that we are in what we have prayed for. It's good days. Good days. Um, And as we were worshiping, I just, um, I had this picture of a teacher, and I know that it's a teacher because there was desks and um, almost like high school, um, junior high, and like that kind of one room schoolhouse, but like a little bit older, so maybe 12 to like 20, that age group an educator teaching in a classroom and this person walks into the class and hands them a booklet and the teacher bursts into tears. And the booklet, um, for some reason, I felt like the Holy Spirit said this was an honor to move to the next level of changing the education system. And I don't know, yeah, that's a good word. It's a good picture. But I don't know if there's anyone in here that you have a passion to, like, pursue education, but, like, not just enjoy the system, but change the system. And that takes an anointing of a reformer. And so this morning, I just, I want to just pray for whoever that is, because if God's burned it on your heart to teach, you have an opening to lead. And in leadership, we can change things by who we are and how we are. So, Father, I just thank you for the anointing to teach. Father, I thank you that as teachers get into a system and get into children's lives and get into adults' lives, that, Father, they can create a passion for learning and growing. And so, Father, I ask that today that whoever this picture is for that has a desire to get into the actual system and change it, to reform it. Father, I ask right now for a tenacious faith and a tenacious strength that would go before them and behind them. God, that you'd give them favor. God, that you'd give them wisdom. God, that you'd give them means and skill. God, you'd put people around them that have the right doors and the right opportunities. And Father, I ask that as they serve, as they are faithful, as they continue walking in what you've given them, God, that you would blow open 
the doors in front of them for them to reform a system that needs your name in the system. So God, I ask for that to be granted. Lord, where there's dreams that are awakened, God, I ask for your breath on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Woohoo! All right, if that was you, talk to me later. We won't do it now, although I'd love to do it now, but we won't. Okay, I'll behave. All right, so we are in a Spirit of Revival series. So last week, Matt taught the first one, and that was the transformation of hearts. So reclaiming uh, from wandering to reunion, the backsliders coming back, that there is a revived part of us that comes alive when the Holy Spirit hits our hearts. And today I want to talk about the powerlessness of reclaiming the prophetic voice. So where we've gone from powerless to reclaiming the prophetic voice of the Lord. Amen is right. Because we are the church. We are the voice. We are the bride of Christ. We are the redeemed ones. And we have something to say. Amen? So when God has redeemed our lives, when he's placed the Holy Spirit inside of us, there is a redemption song and there's a redemption story that needs to be told. And we need to get familiar and easy and um, good at telling our story. And there is a voice that has been silenced and quiet and it can't remain silent in revival. It can't. If your heart burns, your mouth speaks right? That's right. When you were in love, you told everybody. Am I right? Yeah. No jokes. It's the most awkward thing. I have a boyfriend. Did I ask? I didn't inquire. I didn't even make eye contact. You just blurted. Okay. It's because it's an overflow. My heart's alive. So my mouth is going to speak. I think you care because I care so much because my heart's on fire. So we need that kind of first love to burn so that our voice gets louder in these days, okay? So we're pressing in together as a church family. It's important that we as a church family embrace the prophetic voice that's in this house. So we're asking the Lord to light the fire again and prepare the altar of our hearts in the heart of this house. As our hearts are being made ready on the altar and as our hearts burn, that that would be a corporate. Individually, yes, burn. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then come here and let's light it up. Because, yeah, just light it up. up, up. (laughs) No, just me. Okay, I'll sing to myself. Okay, when we get together and everybody brings the fire with them, we make an enormous mark. Okay, and in that fire is the voice of the Lord. He always speaks. Okay, so we have to have a burning heart for the love of Jesus. So we begin our series on the spirit of revival from Luke 1, and our text today is continuing in Luke 1, the mandate of John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Jesus. And our mandate is to make a way, right? If you've been bought by the blood of Jesus, you have a mandate on your life. You're to be a forerunner for his presence. So... That is why we are in Luke 1. (laughs) So to be a church that ushers in the glory of God, we must cultivate the attributes which mark a forerunner. 
Okay, so let's open our Bibles to Luke 1, 13 to 17. It says, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drinks, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will, be, <clears throat> will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Okay, so in here, there are five assignments for the spirit of revival in the church. Last week, we did the wandering to reunion, backsliders return. This week, it's from powerlessness to reclaiming a prophetic voice. The third is from hardness to tenderness, the restoration of the family unit. The fourth will be the disobedience to the righteous. And the fifth will be the unpreparedness to the holy expectancy. That's all there. In Luke 1. Okay, so today we are looking at moving from powerlessness to reclaiming our prophetic voice, the voice inside the church. Jesus' people have a voice, and it's to be a prophetic voice, not just a nice voice, not a silent voice, a prophetic voice, one crying out in the wilderness, the one who would be a forerunner. That's our mark as a church. We get to have his voice. I just used some intern lingo there. You get to have his voice. All right? Okay, that is, we are called to be a people who walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The power of the Holy Spirit is upon you in a way that you get to represent Jesus Christ to the world. No big deal. No biggie. Just the Holy Spirit came so that you could represent him to others. Okay. What does that look like? Exactly. What does that look like? What does that look like? Sometimes we have no idea what that looks like and we get lost. Yeah, I think this is nice that we have a prophetic voice, but I don't know why it matters and I don't know how to do it. It matters because he left his Holy Spirit with us and said that we do greater things than he did while he was here. What was he doing? He was making a way for us to have access. Now we have full access through the power of the cross and the Holy Spirit. That being upon us, our voice should be loud. And when people come in here, our voice should be loud. There should be a sound in here. Yep, I'm getting the sound. Are you getting the sound? All right. What it is to be prophetic is not just encouraging. I found lots of people that aren't even saved to be encouraging. You? Yeah, it's past encouragement. Prophetic can be encouraging. It can be, I just think you're awesome. Jesus loves you. Good. That's one level of prophetic. But what about when you see someone and God burns in your heart something about their future? 
Okay? In the house of the Lord, you don't know if they're saved or unsaved. What's beautiful about that is that's Jesus doing his work. And that should not scare us. That should not intimidate us. And if there's anything in your life that has been, like, manipulated by the prophetic, I'm just going to say I'm sorry that that was done to you because the prophetic is a gift. And if we silence it, we silence hope and future. And we can't because Jesus is all about hope and a future because he's given it to us. So I just want us to reclaim our hunger for the prophetic that's already on us. Okay? It's one thing to be encouraged, and it's another to know you've heard from God through another human vessel. It's deeply encouraging to know Jesus saw me, and he took the time to tell someone else a secret about me or a destiny about me, how heaven sees me, and put it in their mouth to encourage me. That is so amazing. So amazing. Okay? In verse 17, it says in Luke 1, And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. The spirit and power of Elijah. Who's Elijah? We learned about him in the Old Testament last week when Matt was talking about, or not last week, the week before. Sorry, all my weeks just blend together. First Kings 18, when Matt was speaking on that in the name, the year. He's an Old Testament prophet whom God used to call the nation of Israel back to God. Okay, so if we're forerunners in the power and spirit of Elijah, we're to call this nation back to God. That is our forerunning assignment. Is that pretty clear? Okay, that's why we're using these texts. Okay, most notably, Elijah at Mount Carmel that we talked about in naming the year where he's building an altar. And we need fire on our altars. Fire on the altar. We need to be the church that has a prophetic authority in our mouth because that's the fire. If the fire's on the altar, it will come through our mouths. Okay? The people of God were wandering away from him and they were worshiping at the altar of Baal. There were 400 false prophets calling on Baal for fire to come to the altar. A lot of people, a lot of time, a lot of uselessness. Okay? Pretty much our society. Okay? Elijah steps forward and he rebuilds an altar to God. And he called on the Lord and fire, and God fell with fire, and the people fall face down before the Lord. And they say the Lord is God. Okay, does our generation need that, you guys? Yeah, you guys got to get a little more interactive with me. You are the second service. You've already had your Wheaties and your lunch. Come on. Come on. Little hankies or something. Need some fire on you guys, all right? Okay, in the anointing that Luke 1 is describing is moving the prophetic anointing, which brings people into an encounter with God. Okay, a confrontation with the powerless deceptions of the world will need the power and love of God on our lives. We'll need it. We don't need to read all the textbooks in the world. We need the power and the love of God on our lives. Okay, 
When the Holy Spirit fell on the early church, it wasn't because, now let, let me get this right. Paul was a very academic man. He knew his scriptures well, okay? Set aside that. His greatest days were when the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit fell on him. And it wasn't so much about his wise and persuasive words anymore. It was about a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. Okay? Yes, get your theology, get your doctrine, be wise, but don't be so wise that you don't say anything anymore. Oh, boy, I don't agree and I'm nervous. And oh, I know what they're going to argue because I've done the same argument in my head. Don't go into that camp. You were set apart to be holy. You were set apart to have fire on your, on your heart and on your mouth, okay? That was just a side note for free. Okay. We need to be a church that flows in the power of, and love of the Spirit, and we need to have the prophetic fire burn because we have access as New Testament believers, okay? The prophets in the Old Testament were the ones that talked for God. Now, through the power of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, because there was believers that waited in an upper room, they waited and waited and waited and weeded out the crowd till it was just the hungry, just the hungry ones there, and then fire falls. The power of the Holy Spirit comes, and now we all have access to here. That is such a beautiful gift. I hope that rocks you like... Whoa, I can't believe that he did all that for me so that I could hear him and then represent him to the world. Everyone say, I'm on assignment. Say it again, I'm on assignment. I represent Jesus to the world. Okay, if you have to say that every day to yourself, get it in your spirit. You represent Jesus to the world. That's why you're here. Your income, your job, your dreams, those are all sides. He's the meal. Okay? I must be hungry because now I'm talking food. All right. <laughs> all right, sorry. <laughs> so, yes, on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 households come into fellowship with Jesus Christ, okay? That is the power of the Spirit just flowing out of a mouth. They were prophesying in the streets. People were like, what's wrong with these people? What's happening? They were so curious. What has been on your mouth so far that people would lean in and go, I'm curious? Do you just rehash the news? Nothing good out there, by the way. Just a little point. Tidbit, I don't really care. Don't tell me the news because I like roll my eyes. I'm like, <laughs> I care. I do. If there's like world tragedy, I care. I care for the people. But if it's just I'm consumed by bad news all day long, that's not helping you. Get a spirit of prophecy on your tongues. There's hope and future and plans and purposes that need to be spoken into existence. And we're the children of God. We're the church. We get to hear them because we're close to his heart. Okay? We have a position to hold. Okay? 
As the church progressed in its growth and influence, different congregations emerged from where they started in the upper room. One of the local churches that Paul introduces us to is Corinth. And in um, Paul addresses them in 1 Corinthians 14. We're just going to go there. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Eagerly desiring means to have a plan of pursuit. Do you have a plan? What does it look like? If I'm eagerly desiring something, I have a plan, and it has some actions to it, okay? Let's beat this drum till we get it. We co-labor with the power of the Holy Spirit, working in us and through us, okay? Jesus can't do everything. He's sort of busy sometimes, like making a way for this person and then making a way. Like, we're supposed to co-labor. What's the point of the Holy Spirit if we don't partner with him? He is not a bless me club. He's not just the guy that sends shivers down your spine. He's the one who talks and leads and corrects and guides and teaches us. And then we walk in his ways. Okay? And I'm saying he because he is a person. So honor him in your life and move with him. So I totally lost my train of thought because I'm past 40. That happens. And you know what? I think that I am just now going to tell you, I'm going to do a course for everyone that's over 35 because no one talks about this stuff. They're just like, make it. I'll see you on the flip side. And you're like, why, why didn't you tell me this was going to happen to me? Why was there not a life group about this? Why, like, why was there not a Rafa for what I've been through? If you're over 40, just nod at me. Hands up. Okay. God bless us. We are fully aware that we're here and moving because everything is fully aware. Yep. Yes, and that will be another sermon. All right. So, in our pursuit of God, he is not looking for perfection from us. He is looking for movement. Move. Move. It's a theme of the Bible. Move with him. When Moses got the people of Israel out of Egypt, they had to what? They had to pack up their stuff and move. Get moving. Okay? It is not perfection. It's pursuit. I'm in pursuit with God. What he's telling me, I'm trying. If I epically fail, I fail. But I get back up and I try again because he's leading and guiding me and he is never leaving me. So I can continue to learn and grow how to do this. In 1 Corinthians 14, later it says in verse 24 to 25, but if an unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in while well, everybody is prophesying, that's you guys, you all came in to prophesy, you came on assignment, he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner 
and will be judged by all, and the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Does it sound like when Elijah lit up the altar? Yep, because we're forerunners. We get to do that by the gift of prophecy that's in our mouths in this house so that when an unbeliever comes in, what they hear off of our mouths brings life and brings conviction. Okay, there is no point. Okay, I have to be very careful. When you come to church, if there's no conviction and there's no way that sin can be exposed so that you feel conviction and that you could turn your heart for salvation, what, it, what would be the point? What would be the point? And if prophecy doesn't sit in your mouth so that somebody doesn't encounter that from you, what would be the point? You're here on assignment. On Saturday night, on Sunday morning, get a word from God. Get a word from God. Be the body. Did you know that we can't do it all? Our job is actually to equip you. This right now is an equipping session. That's what they should be called. Come at 9.30 to be equipped. You only get the serious ones then. <laughs> I'm here. I got my sweats on, my headband. Good for you. Okay? We're to equip you to do the works of ministry. While you're sitting here, you're doing ministry. We don't know who sat beside us. But what if God put a word in your heart for somebody and you see them? You're like, ooh, I had a picture of that person. I know exactly what to say. And you say it. And then it says, hmm, they will be convinced that they are a sinner. That's pretty good. All I said was what God put on my heart. He did all this work. That's because he's the Holy Spirit. We just partner. We just start. And he finishes. Okay? He's beautiful. Okay? In 1 Kings 18, the people fell on their faces and cried out, The Lord is God. Paul describes this not as a singular prophet at the front of the room. He describes this as everyone prophesying and the presence of God doing the work in his people. This is what we need. Amen? I can't do all the prophesying. You can. We're actually supposed to. Right? When the church reclaims a prophetic voice, the, con the conversion of heart that Matt was talking about last week will take place. We'll have more burning hearts. The local church is meant to be a place of encounter with God. It is. Okay? How many of you would say your first time coming here, you just kind of cried like a baby? It was a little bit messy. Okay, that's a lot of you. That's the presence of God. He works in us and through us. Now add to that if somebody came over to you and read your story and spoke to your future. We'd just be like, oh, man, I'm home. Boom. Just going to do a little carpet time and take five. Right? That's the body of Christ ministering to one another. 
The presence of God is here. Let people fall on their face. It's a good place for this to happen. Okay? We need to move from powerlessness to reclaiming our prophetic voice. Why? Because it's important. (laughs) All the reasons I just said. Why do we not have it sometimes? Intimidation. Unspoken or spoken. Experienced or unexperienced. Fear. But if we haven't been given a spirit of timidity or fear, then we need to operate in the spirit of the Holy Spirit, right? The power of the Holy Spirit. So we need to move from one spirit into another and to agree with him. That's the co-laboring part. Okay? So what happens? There's five points of what happens when the prophetic voice is reclaimed. Number one is the conviction of sin. In verse 24, it says, He will be convinced by all that he is a sinner. Holy Spirit will reveal the state of your heart when you come into his presence. Okay? Sometimes that's why the tears. This feels beautiful, and I don't feel so beautiful on the inside. There's a revelation of our heart not being exactly where it needs to be but it's feeling loved at the same time. Like, oh, okay. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is by his loving kindness that he calls us into repentance? It's his loving kindness that pulls us in. It's not shame and rebuke. The presence of God is full of his loving kindness. Let it come. Okay, conviction needs to be embraced. It leads us to know our need of salvation. Again, if we take away that part, we don't know we need Jesus. That's sad. He's God. We're not. Let's point the people to the right place, right? Number two, a community of holiness is formed where it says judged by all in that verse. Honor convictions within you and others and don't play with the standards of holiness the Holy Spirit is working in the body I'm going to speak to a room of mature people right all right so this is just a little mama lease talk that's what we call them around here it's when real meets love spoken in truth I promise There are people that I have walked with because I'm well past 40. There's a longevity to walking with people. And when people are newly saved, they get set free, they get healed, they get delivered, and they get set on a path of holiness from conviction, from this and the power of the Holy Spirit. And then they come around some seasoned Christians that have been thinking for 20 years without any life in the spirit and are challenging themselves with lots of books from Indigo and all these newfound freedoms. And the new believer is like, I don't understand why these Christians are walking around in sin. Because what I just got delivered from 
these people partake of freely. I'm saying that to say, when Jesus comes in the room and is working his conviction, be mindful that you are not the Holy Spirit. So what is not good for someone else is not good. Don't change their convictions. It's biblical and it's okay. If you've found a new freedom, you enjoy that quietly, please. Because there's no way that we should be throwing people off their race because of our thoughts. Okay? We need to get out of here and back into here. Think with your heart and think with your spirit when you're walking with others. Okay? Is that fair? Okay, thank you for taking that. That's honestly done in love. It's just confusion for people that are like, I just got set free. I don't know what's happening here. And then you're trying to explain it, and there is no explanation, to be honest. I don't know with you. <laughs> okay? All right. Coming into his, the presence of God and being aware that we don't play with holiness. Holiness means I look different. Holiness means I'm set apart. Holiness means there's stuff I can't touch. If I'm set apart, I have no access to it. I've chosen to be set apart. Okay? You are a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, set apart for him, set apart for his glory. Okay? There are things that we won't play with because of his holiness. Okay? Three Hidden sin is exposed. Verse 25, the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. Secrets in our heart need truth and light. When we come into the presence of God, there isn't one you here and one you at home. Just so you know, there's only one you. It's just how well are you going to be known? Are you going to let him know you fully? If there's secrets in your heart, let them be laid bare. And they may be laid bare by somebody speaking into your life. Hey, I see this. Anything you need to deal with? Maybe. Dang it. <laughs> okay? Come in as a whole person. Come in being set free, made whole. Okay? Psalm 139 says, Search me, O Lord, and know my thoughts. Know my ways. Let him search you when we're here as a body of believers. Let him do that in others so that we become whole, that we become clean, that we become the bride that can speak with power and might. Okay, when the Holy Spirit wants to come closer to us, let his holiness and his love fill you. Okay, be known. Embrace the truth and light and the expression of the Holy Spirit in you. Number four, true worship is released. It says, so he will fall down and worship God. In John 4, 24, it says that, but the hour is now coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Okay, when we worship, when we come in here and we're singing songs, actually read the lyrics. And go, hmm. That's a lot of good theology. That's a lot of good truth. I'm going to let this get in me. I'm not just going to mouth it and agree with it. 
verbally. I'm going to let it get in my heart. I'm going to let it get in my spirit. I'm going to let it nourish me. I'm going to let this bless the Lord. Okay? Let that worship become truth. It only becomes truth when it gets in your spirit. It only gets in your spirit by letting the Holy Spirit have access to that. Okay? Go labor with him while you worship. It's not about all the runs you can do or how high your hands could be if you just got engaged. It's way up there, sparkling. Okay? It's not about all those external things. God's looking at the heart. So let him have access. That's all he's longing for. Okay? Number five, the presence of God is experienced. God is really among you. This is what they'll say when our mouths are filled with prophecy, the gift of prophecy, when our mouths are filled with praise, when this house is filled with the power of his spirit. God is really among you. All these things are happening in their hearts while we're worshiping. All these things are happening. It's beautiful. All you've done is obey him. How effortless is that? Okay, I just went over to this person and said this. All of a sudden there's tears, the floor time. Then they were worshiping. They said God was here. The life was changed. All I did that this morning was say, what should I say to somebody? That's the power of the bride. That's the power of the church, being powerful. Okay? This is our heart cry as a house. I'm going to ask. Oh, Cheryl's already. Oh, there she is. Cheryl to come. Okay? Our heart cry as a house is that we are encountering the presence of Jesus Christ. It's our heart cry. It's the vision. Why? Because everything else can fill in. You can have programs, good bathrooms, all the rest of it. The vision, we're going after the power and the presence of Jesus Christ. Everything else is an addition. Okay? That's the vision. That's the long-term goal. Just want to be in his presence. Because all this we can learn from him. Okay? And as people come in, they get to play a part in the body. And we get to reclaim, as the body of Christ, the prophetic voice that needs to be on assignment in these days. Would you say our day is similar to Elijah? Idols being made. Things being set up that are opposed to God. Yes, we need some forerunners. Need some forerunners who will just obey and go, yeah, I have a voice. You can use it. You can use it. Okay, so how do we reclaim our prophetic voice? Repentance. Repentance is a beautiful thing. Repentance is not the uh, emotion of sorry. Repentance is a heart and mind connection of truth. If I have changed from this thought to this thought, and it includes an action now. Repentance. Repentance for what? We have access to the power of the living God all day long all day long and when we come together we have something to bring to one another 
repentance for not bringing it, repentance for living in fear, repentance for not stepping out, repentance for being timid, repentance for letting the enemy take what is ours and putting it somewhere else, repentance for not engaging with a world that desperately needs us, you guys desperately needs an encounter with the living God. Imagine your life without him. And then put some repentance on your heart. God, I have access to your thoughts. I know your ways. I have the power of the Holy Spirit moving through me. How can I not? How can I not? How can I not? I'm sorry, Lord. Okay, idols are not statues all the time. It could be like your car, which is like a statue, but it moves. It could be housing, could be your job, could be something you're obsessed with. Wherever you put something, someone, or a thought in front of God, that's an idol. There's a lot of things going after your attention, (laughs) okay? I have to, which means, I'm just being super honest, I have to manage my thought life, I have to manage my schedule, I have to manage my friendships, I have to manage my time, my investment of people, investment of money, my stewardship of dreams so that I don't have idols. It's a full-time job sometimes because I have lots of thoughts. But we're called to steward our hearts and our lives before the Lord, okay? Holiness says I'm set apart so I don't get the idols, okay? Repentance will help you see where the idols are. And I'm not doing this in harshness. I promise you this is totally love. We are the body of Christ. We are the church that has a promise and the power and the love of God on it. If we continue with our idols, we become powerless. We keep giving access to stuff that has no power. It's the altar back in Elijah's time. And how does God get glory from that? If we're the forerunners, we're supposed to be bringing glory to God. That's our assignment. So let's do it through repentance renewed and reprioritizing our source that Jesus Christ is the fountain. He's the source, he's the rock, he's the everything that we build upon and he comes and fills us up by the power of his Holy Spirit. That's not just a biblical promise, it's an actuality. We live in the power of the Holy Spirit and by his love, okay? and then build an altar longing for his glory. Build your life, pick up each stone thoughtfully and carefully and build it. Put the practices you need to in your life, the devoted time, the set apart time, the great friendships, the good investments, build an altar that brings glory to God and then watch him burn on it into your burning heart and out of your burning heart comes life as you prophesy (laughs) into others. Amen.
Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like more information on who we are, visit our website at lakebound.ca or download our app for your mobile device.